Kia ora. This program is brought to you by Wellington Access Radio. Get your voice heard. The Quilt of Bananas program plays every Sunday, 10 to 11am, with news, views and music. A collective of presenters, advertisers, community events and discusses news of interest to lesbians, queer women and non-binary folk. We have interviews about past and future sports and cultural events, politics, films, art shows. The programme is sponsored through the generosity of the Rural Foundation. And it plays every Sunday from 10 to 11am on Wellington Access Radio, 106.1 FM. Keep listening to Wellington Access Radio on 106.1 FM and online to hear the unique stories of 7 billion people right around the globe. The Quilt of Bananas program plays every Sunday, 10 to 11am, with news, views and music. A collective of presenters, advertisers, community events and discusses news of interest to lesbians, queer women and non-binary folk. We have interviews about past and future sports and cultural events, politics, films, art shows. The program is sponsored through the generosity of the Rural Foundation. And it plays every Sunday from 10 to 11am on Wellington Access Radio, 106.1 FM. Come on, 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 come on,
Welcome to Sunday Morning. Um, I am your host this morning, Angelie, and I'm here with the fabulous techie, Debbie. Good morning. Um, So that was quite a bright and sparky morning introduction from me. I'm not known as a morning person, so I really put my back into that for you. Um, But before we sort of move into today's show, I just want to take a moment of pause um, just to send our thoughts and best wishes to Alfano across the Pacific. Um, you know, this week has been particularly difficult with cyclones um, and then the volcanic eruption and the tsunami um, that has affected Tonga and American Samoa and I think also Fiji from the latest little snippet of information I saw this morning on Reuters. Um, so, yeah, it's just been a really difficult time and and. We know that, you know, people will be missing family and, you know, trying to contact them and, you know, having a lot of um, concern and worry at the moment. So, yeah, that it's quite a, you know, a difficult time for a lot of um, our Pacific whānau. For New Zealanders, it means that we need to stay out of coastal waters. Um, tsunamis, even little ones, can really affect um, currents and eddies and things and make familiar waters quite unfamiliar. So please stay out of coastal waters, which is particularly important if you were thinking of perhaps taking advantage of the large waves caused by the remnants of Cyclone Cody. Um, So here I am, Auntie Angelie, telling you what not to do. Um, Please do not go into water. Do not try to surf. Um... There is a heavy rainstorm warning for Wellington, so um, clear those gutters and batten down the hatches. Um, yeah, and I mean, this this summer has just been terrible for um, fatalities in and around water. Um, it's just horrifying that so many people, you know, are getting into trouble in the water. So please do be very, very careful over the next couple of days um, and, you know, swim between the flags and tell people where you're going and what you're doing. Okay, so that, that's, the, that's the serious stuff. Um, I thought I might do a quick announcement also at the top of the show. 
um, which is about the launch of a brand new, amazing, spectacular new creative community called Wellington Feminist Creative Community. And that entity is going to be running heaps of word art events, um, starting small but growing. There's huge plans for lots of amazing things. So the first event is going to be this Tuesday at the Fringe Bar at 7.30. So that's Tuesday, the 18th of January. Um, $5 for unwaged, $10 for waged. And basically, we're going to hear from an amazing range of um, poets, prose artists, and yeah, it's going to be fantastic. So very thought-provoking work, um, lots of local, talented, amazing people. So yeah, get a, get amongst it um, and get yourself some poetry, uh, which also then relates to a plea that I have, dear listener, please support the arts. Last year, there was a lot of stuff happening where it was possible to, to hold events, but we found that audiences were sort of on the small side and I know it's been a, it was a difficult time for everybody and I think people were a little bit hesitant to be amongst strangers and, you know, to go to shows and, and sit in crowds um, and, you know, with Omicron as well, you know, there's, there's still concerns. So if you find a way to support the arts, maybe without being actually in a physical audience, you know, BATS have some stuff that you can pay to view on their website. There's also amazing things happening um, in and around Fringe Festival um, and the Fringe Bar. So you can kind of maintain your distances in those smaller venues and not be amongst hundreds of people. You know, you could go with a couple of friends and sort of sit quite comfortably distanced from others. But please do see where you can support the arts and attend things because a poet standing in front of a microphone with no one in the audience is one of the saddest, saddest things that you'll ever see in life. All of those words going out into the ether with no one to hear them. It, it breaks my heart. It truly does. So definitely get amongst it if you can. Um, and I think perhaps um, after all of that serious talk and begging and pleading for audiences, should we perhaps have a song, Miss Debbie? Okay, so, um, and that song is going to be by New Zealand's one and only amazing superstar, Lady Hawk, um, and her gorgeous song, Reactor.
was Lady Hawk with her wonderful song, Reactor. Um, so right now I thought I might offer you a short poem um, and this one I'll talk about at the end. So I'll do it first and then you'll be like, what on earth was that about? And then I will decipher it for you. <laughs> okay, this one is called Destiny. My bones are turned to steel. Flesh has given way to eternity and I have wrapped myself in a skin of gold. A band of metal weighs heavily on my head. It's my crown. An iron heart pumps mercury through my veins. My fingers draw gravity to me. I have consumed the mountains and destiny. I am transformed into a perfect destruction that you could only aspire to be. I have eaten the world and become now that vision of myself that I was always meant to be. So that, that poem was inspired as I was a passenger in a car driving along State Highway 2 um, out to Petone and I was just like really thinking about the human consumption of the world and how we're extracting so much from the planet and give almost nothing back. Indeed. And sort of that whole theme of environmental destruction and, and for what purpose? You know, we've got um, people like um, Richard Branson and um, Elon Musk and, and, and the other, you know, trillionaires, you know, trying to get into space for immortality. But human immortality couldn't possibly be achieved with the bodies we have. Mm-hmm. So it, it just seems to me as if we're trying to cheat nature and transform ourselves out of the natural world. And the only way we could possibly do that would be to become the eternal elements um, and, you know, metals and, and um, whatnot. So, yeah, I was just sort of thinking about, you know, what what that would look like if someone was actually able to transform themselves into this vision of eternal human perfection that we think is actually possible to achieve, but it is not. So, um, yeah, anyway, so that was, that I was just... we're going to be obsolete before we get go through that transition. We'll probably have made ourselves extinct. Extinct. Because of our silliness. Yep. Yeah, short-sighted silliness. Indeed. Yeah, um, and actually talking about humans and, and how we do things, mm-hmm. um, so I'm, I'm really on my soapboxes this morning, so apologies to that dear listener if you're just trying to, you know, listen to the radio in the background while you dust or, you know, clean the kitchen or, <laughs> or try to listen to the radio and read the newspaper, as um, my father was sometimes prone to do. Um, okay, so, th- so this one is about animal care over summer. So... Um, just a couple of little things to remember, which I've seen on Facebook um, in the upper, upper Hut community group a little bit as well. Um, put some water out for your neighbourhood bees because bees get thirsty. Mm. Bees drink. So if you if it's possible to put some water out somewhere for bees in your yard, that would be amazing. It would be amazing. <laughs> okay. Sorry, I'll stop the puns. Um, Techie Debbie just kicked me in the shins, um, <laughs> metaphorically. Um there's a five-second rule for walking your dog. So if it's a hot day and you think, oh, I want to take Fido for a little trot around the block, put your hand on the pavement. And if you can hold your hand there for five seconds without it hurting or burning in any way, it's fine for your dog to walk on. But if it's hot for your hand, it is going to be hot for their feet. Um, and dogs aren't indestructible. 
which is also why they should be never left unaccompanied in a car. Um, so if you're just popping in for five minutes to the supermarket, um, a lot of supermarkets these days have an area where you can tie your dog up in the shade. That is much more preferable to um, leaving them in a car because it doesn't take much to see that next door neighbour you haven't seen for a while and, you know, aisle three, have a wee chat, then there's a queue at the checkout and then mm. you can't find your card or you know, fossicking king around. Then you decide, oh, I've got to buy a lotto ticket and all of a sudden it's been half an hour and half an hour is more than enough for a dog to um, suffer really badly if not um, die in a car. Mm. So, yeah, do be very, very careful around um, dogs and cars. And on that note, I'd also just want to do a little shout out to a charity um, called Hoo-Ha, which is helping you help animals. They have some really wonderful op shops. They have one in Jackson Street, Petone, and also up in Otaki. They're building a shelter for um, all sorts of animals, um, farm animals, dogs, cats, guinea pigs, rabbits, um, baby donkeys. Who doesn't love a baby donkey? They're so cute. Um, and so they're building a new facility in the Haywoods and over summer holidays they actually had a theft so someone um, came onto the the shelter and stole a whole heap of building materials which was going to be used to build the shelter for the dogs in particular so um, um, that's really really sad but it also reminds us that um, you know these charities really need support mm. as well as you know artists need support well yeah charities need support too so if you you know have any you know cat or dog toys or bedding and things like that that maybe you don't need anymore or your dog or cat has grown out of, don't play with anymore, then, you know, you can donate that sort of stuff um, to enrich the environment for the rescued animals. But also, um, you know, if you want to volunteer, uh, whatever your cause is, um, City Mission, Red Cross, Salvation Army, um, Hospice, you know, they, um, they all have op shops and you can volunteer, you can drop off donations, uh, you can buy things um, and give things a second life. So, yeah, um, sort of for me, I'm, I'm really into the animal stuff. So hoo-ha is a good match for me. But depending on what your interests are, you know, there are heaps of groups out there that would really love extra volunteers or extra supporters, including Quilted Bananas. You know, could always do with people who want to be on the radio or learn how to tech. Mm -hmm. um, yep. You know, so... Yeah, maybe pick something this year that you haven't done before and just give it a crack. Yeah. See what happens. Teching's great fun. Great. Yeah. You, you meet all these wonderful presenters and play some awesome music, so that's great. Yeah. Awesome music. Would you like some more awesome music, Debbie? Well, I reckon we should. We've got um, Howl at the Moon. Uh, yeah, so um, the mm. Hell at the Moon, it was my choice. Um, it's a Don Walker song. Um, and if you've listened to me before, you'll have heard me go on about Cold Chisel. Don Walker was the primary songwriter for Cold Chisel, continues to be because I think they're still active. Um, and this is one of the songs he wrote himself and performs himself. Right. And they used, there is a book um, for feminists called Women Who Run With the Wolves, um, which was quite um, a groundbreaking text in, I think, the early 90s. It was all about, like, the legends and the way that um, women's knowledge and bodies are sort of um, created and women's voices silenced and stuff and, and just really trying to refine the power of women's narratives and legends and stuff. So anyway, it's Women Who Run With the Wolves. It's very cool. Mm. So this song 
is howl, howl at the moon, but it mentions wolves and it says if you're going to run with the wolves, you've got to howl at the moon. Howl. So I thought that was a cool line. So we'll, we'll throw it over to Mr. Walker and, and hear his song. Excellent. You got 
a bluesy song. Um, I just, I like the groove that you get into with that sort of that slow grinding kind of <laughs> rock and rolly blues. Um, okay, so some more announcement style um, content right now. Local government elections are this year. Um, so I just thought I would mention that to put that on your radar because now, you know, before the Russian bother of the year really kicks off, you know, you could have a think about what's important to you in your local community. What, what are the issues that are on top for you? Um, you know, for people living in and around Wellington, we know, you know, there's issues with housing. We also know that there's issues with our water supply, you know, the number of leaks and cracks in pipes and stuff, um, rubbish collection, recycling, access to libraries, um, access to community facilities, parks. You know, there's, there's so much that local government and, and regional councils you know, are involved in that have a direct impact on the quality of your life mm-hmm. and how you can engage and participate in community events and, and things. So... Yeah, I'd really just invite you to have a think about the sorts of issues that affect you locally that you would want to have a say in and have a look at, you know, what your local council is doing at the moment. Which councillors are kind of on the same page as you? Which ones aren't? Who else is standing? Are there new candidates coming up in your community that you could get to know a little bit more about? You know, maybe attend some of their events or go hear them talk about stuff. Would you like to be a candidate yourself and put your hand up to stand? Is there someone that you would like to support that you could hand out leaflets for or help organise events for? And the reason I'm kind of saying this is because democracy requires participation. Mm. It doesn't just happen at us or about us. It needs to happen with us and for us. So local government is probably the... I consider it democracy on your doorstep. It's New Zealand is incredibly lucky that we have full access to our politicians. If you write a letter to the Prime Minister, you will get a response back. Um, if you write a letter to your mayor or your councillors, they will, you know, they'll write back to you. You can request meetings with them and go and have chats about the stuff that's important. Not everybody in the world can have that kind of access to their elected representatives. So I think, you know, we have this really privileged position and we can use that. Mm. Um, and if we think that local council is too male, pale and stale, support the fresh, the diverse, the new and the emerging leaders um, because often people who get local government experience go on to other leadership roles. They'll become MPs of the future. So we could use local government as an incubator for our next generation of really awesome leaders. A future Governor-General might be elected to a local government role this year. Absolutely. So let's think about the young people that we could get into positions of decision-making and help nurture their leadership journeys. Mm. Um, and, and particularly people, you know, they're coming from that grassroots, um, Pacifica, Māori, refugees, migrants. You know, everybody needs to be represented at the table. And if we're going to complain that people aren't doing the things we want them to do or decisions aren't going our way, then we need to change those decision-makers either sway them with that advocacy or replace them Absolutely. because because yep. that's what voting is. Voting is choosing the future of your community. So please get amongst the local government election stuff this year. 
Absolutely. Yep. I totally agree. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so I thought what we might do now, um, before I put everybody off by talking too much politics and, <laughs> and um, do this, do that, be careful of the water, <laughs> test the ground for your pets. Um, I thought we might jump into some what's happening out and about. So everybody probably by now will know of www.wellington.lesbian.net.nz. That's the go-to place for information about events and groups to do with or for um, lesbian women uh, in and around Wellington. So having gone onto their website very recently, I have some updates on what is happening out and about. So first of all, Rainbow Wellington are having their first Friday drinks of the year at the Southern Cross Bar from 5pm this Friday, the 21st of January. Um, and I think they put on some nibbles, but you just basically buy your own drinks and socialise and, and have a lovely time. On Tuesday the 18th, um, as I mentioned earlier at the top of the show, there is Poetry Night at the Fringe Bar from 7.30, um, and that's hosted by the Wellington Feminist Creative Community. There is a Fems and Thems comedy night on Friday the 21st of January at Fringe Bar, um, and I think that starts around about the 7.30, 8 o'clock mark. So you could make a night of it. You could go for some networking drinks at the Southern Cross, grab a nibble or two, then pop down to Fringe Bar. If you're still hungry, you can grab a lovely bowl of wedges or jalapeno poppers um, and, yeah, get yourself some comedy. Um, that'd be a great date night, actually. It would be, yep. Ladies, I'm helping you out. <laughs> I'm helping you out. Um, there's also occasional drinks and dinner at Finn's Bar in Paikakariki on Friday the 21st of January. So much happening this week. Uh, and that's happening from 5.30. So what you need to do is ring the Finn's Bar and book onto Sally's table. So just let them know you're with Sally's group and they'll they'll put you into that group. Um if you want to sort of do a little bit more of a learning and less socialising, there is a wonderful, wonderful Lesbian Tattoos exhibition at Lilac Library running at the moment. And they're open 5.30 to 7.30 on Wednesdays and then 11 to 2pm on Thursdays and Saturdays. And that's based up on 187 Willow Street. Um I just think that it's just the artistry of tattoos and the messages and the meanings. And, yeah, so the ex exhibition is absolutely terrific. Um, totally go along. Um, and not only to support the Lilac Library, but to, you know, find out more about that rich part of, you know, one of the lesbian subcultures um, and, and queer subculture around tattooing and tattoos. What else have we got? Oh, yes, so this morning at 10 o'clock, um, an intrepid band of the Lesbian Overland and Cafe Club set out for a lovely walk at Kaitoki Regional Park. So they probably won't be listening to the show this morning because they're out and about. But the Sunday walks have restarted again for the year and they usually happen at 10am on a Sunday morning. You have to go to the www.wellington.lesbian.net.nz Click on the thing to see where the next walk is because when I went on um, Thursday, I went onto the website, they only had this week's walk mm -hmm. up. So um, 
so they sort of, you know, will tell you when once they've picked their location. So if, you, if you're very interested in joining a really awesome little group of people who just go walking and they either start the walk with a coffee or finish the walk with a coffee and they're not all, you know, mountaineers, some of the walks are quite easy uh, and you get to go walking with a group, meet new people, have a lovely chat. There's no racing, there's no prize for the person who gets back to the car park first except the ability to sort of wait for everyone else to turn up. Um, so it'd be quite lonely if you won any sort of race. But, yeah, it's just nice to hang out with people and get to know folk. And, yeah, people of all fitness levels and abilities and previous experience of walking in nature can go along. Um, so I highly recommend that. If you want an activity that you can do sitting down and in air conditioning, um, well, have I got news for you? Yes, there is something you can do. You can head off to the National Library in Thorndon and check out the amazing archive held by Lagans, which is a lesbian gay archive in New Zealand. Uh, so they're a, a charity organisation and the National Library holds their collection for them. But it is actually owned by um, the queer communities of New Zealand. So it's not sort of like a government-owned thing. So it's all run by volunteers and you can go in and, you know, read minutes of meetings, you know, when groups were agitating for homosexual law reform. Um, you can find out about, you know, the early days of pride parades in Wellington. Um, and yeah, and, and the personalities and, and the people behind the headlines. And it's our history. You know, it's our story of where we've come from, hints at where we're going into the future. And, you know, like knowing your history is so important. So yeah, and it's just really fascinating. You can see old event posters and, yeah, minutes from meetings and um, letters from ministers when people were advocating and you can sort of read the, the responses of, you know, back in the day, how people, yeah. you know, responded to the advocacy and initiatives from our community. So, yeah, I highly recommend Lagans as a, an awesome organisation but also the information they hold is just amazing so if you want to become an amateur historian or or just find out more it's it's a really great place to visit um and other things to do there, there are so many things on because you know it's summer everyone's out and about tons of pride events around the country starting to promote themselves so there is a group called rainbow to do on facebook and they promote a lot of stuff, not just in Wellington, but around the whole country. So we know about Whanganui Pride, there's Auckland Pride, Christchurch Pride. So if you're planning on, you know, doing some traveling over the coming months, you know, just check out to see what's happening in the towns you're visiting, because there could be like a really cool event that, you know, you can go along to and meet some gays from another <laughs> another community. Yep. So yeah, get a carload and head off to Whanganui. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I, I remember the time um, we did a carload of people up to the Carlo Frieda exhibition that was at Palmerston North. And so it was like carloads, the Carlo Carlo Frieda. So anyway, it was, it was yeah, it was funny. Um, but I mean, there was a whole bus and everything. It was decorated up and like everyone just wore really outrageous clothing and, and it was wonderful. So um, yeah, you know, like we could just spontaneously do that sort of thing, just get Get a group Absolutely. of people together and, and yep. hit the town. Why yep. not? Um, and it's great to support, you know, our, our regional centres. And 
and rural communities and small towns where maybe there's not as much visibility for rainbow communities. Mm. So, you know, I think the best way to help and support is for a carload of Wellington queers to turn up and, and start queening all over the place. <laughs> Why not? Why not? <laughs> Indeed. Oh, yeah. Okay, so um, should we, but before I've, you know, really upset all the regional and rural community who are like, no, please Please don't, you know, undo all of our good work by coming. Um, should we, what should we do now, Miss Debbie? Well, we, we could do, uh, play our, our lady piece, Stop Making Stupid People Famous, maybe? That sounds great. That, so that's a collaboration between a group called Our Lady Peace and Pussy Riot. Mm-hmm. Um, and Pussy Riot are a little bit famous. So, um, and I did check this song for um, Hard Swears and I didn't hear any. So um, if there are any, my apologies now and mea culpa, that will be on me. <laughs> Keep making stupid people famous now. 
Okay, so I think that's some pretty good life advice. <laughs> Stop making stupid people famous. Um, so that's a bit of a segue um, into the next item on our agenda for this morning, which was um, just a brief discussion of this phenomenon called cancel culture. Uh, and you may have heard that um, in the media. Uh, Miss Debbie, have you heard that? I haven't actually, no. But then I don't listen to the media very much. I think that is a good call. I think you should only listen to Quilted Bananas on a Sunday from 10 till 11. (laughs) I think that that is great life advice. (laughs) Um, So, okay, so cancel culture is basically a new name for socially ostracising or outcasting people because of what they've said or done. Um, And normally because they've breached some sort of social convention or, you know, what has been deemed... Um, socially acceptable. So um, it might be um, an academic having a lecture cancelled or a comedian losing tour dates because of views they've expressed. Um, And oftentimes it might be where, you know, a couple of years ago someone has done a tweet that um, post Black Lives Matter is now deemed an unacceptable thing to say or do. Or, um, you know, a lot of jokes that even happen these days that uh, are about rape culture or, you know, support rape culture now is sort of, that's not okay. You know, yeah. right, jokes about that sort of stuff actually shouldn't, they're not funny and we don't really want to listen to people say them. So, um, you know, there's there's lots of times when, you know, people have have called for generally a high-profile person to be removed from media roles or to... To, own, to sort of fess up to what they've said or done and to, to apologise for that or, you know, people will boycott their, their work, which is kind of similar to, you know, in the 1980s and 90s, there were boycotts of Nestle products because that company were doing things in Africa that a lot of people thought were unethical around baby formula. So there were lots of um, advocates advocacy around not not supporting that company and so mm. that was kind of like trying to cancel Nestle if you will um, and there's other reasons more recently uh, around Nestle with the use of palm oil yes. and the impact on orangutans and things so people were like don't eat Nestle products because they're doing this thing that is really bad for the environment and and it's bad for people um, we had the anti-springbok tours in the 80s and you know people were protesting apartheid and saying well don't go to the rugby because if you go to the rugby you're supporting this horrendous systematic oppression you know of of a whole millions and millions of people so you know apartheid has to stop and we should almost punish the rugby players because they're part of a system that is supported by this um, terrible policy And also when I was doing a little bit of research on this topic, I found out that until the late 1970s, newspapers in New Zealand refused to carry advertisements for lesbian groups or events. They didn't want to have anything to do with promoting um, women who love women getting together. Um, And they also would um, be denied telephone listings for their groups. Wow, okay. Yeah. So this whole cancel culture thing, mm. this social ostracizing or deplatforming has been going on for a really long time. Mm. Um, and sometimes it's been for from the, you know, people's goodwill of wanting to end animal suffering or, you know, wanting to um, stop unethical 
corporate behaviours in developing countries, sometimes it's because people have been bigoted and they don't want to have any part or be seen to be supporting anything that they don't personally believe in. Um, social media has basically accelerated both the process and the consequences of what you say and do. Yep. Um, so social media platforms provide almost instant access to thousands or even millions of people, you know, particularly for one of the big influencers. And that whole notion of influencers is um, stop making stupid people famous. <laughs> but, you know, like if someone says or does something, they're, they're reaching so many people and some of the stuff will stick. Um, and which is okay if it's a positive thing, like look after your mental health, help each other, be kind. But then if people are also pushing, you know, misinformation or um, saying things that are transphobic or homophobic or racist, sexist, then that's not so good. Um, yeah, so, you know, this whole cancel culture thing, it, it's not a new phenomenon. It's been around for ages. And a lot of people who complain about it are the people most prone to do it. So, for example, Donald Trump has you know, railed against Twitter for deplatforming him at um, conventions and big, you know, rallies that he's held. He's talked about, you know, cancel culture being this terrible, terrible thing. Um, but then again, he vilified non-Fox journalists while he was president. Um, he, he hung up on an interview with um, Na National Public Radio this week in America um, because they asked him hard questions and he didn't want to answer them. So he basically just hung up. Yep. Um, so he cancelled the call. So... You know, you, you can say, well, don't cancel me, but I'm going to cancel you. Yep. It's sort of a little bit, yeah, you can't have it both ways. So um, I think as a society, we probably need to think about, do we believe in redemption if someone transgresses? You know, do they get a second chance or are we just about punishment? So if you say or do anything at any time in your life, you're going to be punished for it. Um, there's probably a bit of a medium ground where people grow and learn. So, you know, what I thought when I was 17 is not what I think now. Um, and I've been on a growth journey. And there'll be things I say or do today that in five or six years' time, I will look back and think, oh, my God, I was such a cave person. Mm -hmm. how, how ignorant and stupid was that to say or do? Because I will have learnt better and had the opportunity to do better. And so for me, it's not so much about, like, cancelling people per se – but it's about people realising that they're on a journey and if you say or do something wrong, you need to apologise, need to learn from it and not make the same mistake in the future. So that's kind of my whole take on it. I'd love to know what dear listener thinks. So um, leave a pleasantly worded <laughs> comment maybe on the Facebook group page or, um, yeah, so I just throw that out there. Um, yeah, I don't think we should use cancel culture as a brand to avoid being called out for homophobia, transphobia, misogyny, racism, and ableism. So next time I'm on, I might talk about this thing of ableism, which is the way that the world is structured to really exclude people with disabilities or that don't fit into this sort of able-bodied um, labelling that's being created. Um, so maybe we'll talk about that next time. Oh, absolutely, yeah. 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 Um, so, shall we shall we move into a poem and yes. then maybe do a little bit of music and that might even round out the show then. Indeed. Yeah. Oh We've my got god. Seven minutes approximately left for the show. Okay. We so could. That goes we, so fast. We've got another, We've got two songs up. We've got 
I Am Woman that we're going to go out on. But we've yep. also got one that I tried to do at the start, which was the swimming one. Okay. On the CD, so we could help as well. Help. Okay, so dear listener, just while Debbie and I sort out the next little bit, <laughs> how about I do the poem and then we just do two songs back to back? Absolutely. How would yep. that go? Sounds like a plan. Let's give it a crack. Okay, so I'll do this quick poem. Um, this is kind of, this is kind of a love poem and a poem about insomnia and a poem for introverts. So mm-hmm. here I'm just sort of like um, ticking a lot of boxes. So this one is called Late at Night. <clears throat> Excuse me, i just got to clear my throat a little. <laughs> when the world is almost still, I hear your breathing and the sound of cotton sheets moving in unison. I know they are crisp and white, and yet not through their first year, but already covered in cat hair and the intimacy of the close isolation we call sleep. I lie here for hours each night, ruminating, contemplating, counting sheep until I finally fall asleep. And in the morning, the next cycle of split shifts will begin and you will wonder why I am sleeping in again. I think I am afraid to be asleep at the same time as you. We'd lose too many hours with both of us unaware of each other's worlds. I spend a lot of time ruminating and contemplating In the morning I forget the words that were never said out loud or by you, but yet I carry a memory of them anyway, and get angry if we dream disagreed, and guilty if I mistook you for a monster, but more fodder for the next midnight feast of vivid conversations that don't interrupt the sound of crisp cotton softly moving to your breath. Wow, excellent. So what was that called, that one? That one is called Late at Night. Late at Night. Um, so I'm a night owl and my gorgeous lady wife is a, a morning. morning person. Is that a sparrow? I'm an owl and she's a sparrow or is it a lark? Anyway, um, I've got a lot of explaining to do when I get home. <laughs> Calling her all sorts of crazy bird names. Um, yeah, so yeah, that one's Late at Night. Excellent. Wonderful. So the, um, I just have to put a plug for the – so the song we started with was um, – Temple by Jane Selbury and the songs that we're going to play next is Swimming by Gretchen Phillips and then we're going to go out with I Am Woman by Emily Malley. Yeah. Sounds fabulous. Mm. So it's been a great show, Angelique. <laughs> well, thank you um, listeners for sticking with me yeah. <laughs> through the whole hour. It's Crawled been Bananas great. on Access Radio. <laughs> 10 to 11 each Sunday. Absolutely. So let's go with Swimming. Appropriately, because a nice sunny day today. I saw you first at the gym. You were just learning how to swim. I'm a certified lifeguard.
program was brought to you by Wellington Access Radio. Get your voice heard. Thanks New Zealand On Air for funding accessmedia.nz.